0: We're looking at 3 John. We're in the third of three letters John writes to friends and to churches. And 3 John, we actually know, is specifically a letter to a friend probably a letter to a guy that John has coached and mentored, probably to a younger pastor, uh, probably in the region of Ephesus. It's the shortest book in the Bible, so it's going to be a very short series. Um, and we hit third John in the last part of this In Truth and Love series. The, the whole book's only a little over 200 words complete and total, and it's just a very personal letter to this friend. And um. And that's why we chose First, Second, and Third John because these three letters are very personal; they're very relational in nature. It's John is writing about friends. He's at the 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 end of his life. The rest of the apostles are gone, um, and so he's reflecting a lot on the importance of these things. And we were good. originally we were going to shift off and do something specific for Mother's Day, but the more I looked at these first couple of verses in Third John, and there's only one chapter, so if you go to Third John, you're only going to find the chapter, the, uh, the title of the book, 3 John, and these few verses. And I looked at the three verses that we're going to look at. It dawned on me, John is saying about Gaius, his friend, what I would want to encourage young parents to entrust into their kid's life. I mean, when you enter into parenthood, we all have these ideas and these aspirations. I, I was no different than anybody else. I, You know, I had, I had all these Life valuing experiences I wanted to help mold into the life of my kids. I mean, I love being American. I love being in a free land. I, I love the fact that we can gather this morning without any kind of intervention or necessary. I love the fact that our veterans have guaranteed that throughout the last couple of centuries. I'm, I'm grateful that they continue to protect that for us. I love being American. I wanted my kids to know that this is a great land. I wanted my kids to know that it's a great land because second amendment rights makes that possible. That was an important thing to me. May not be important to you. I wanted my kids to know that food is great and some foods are beyond great. And so I wanted my kids to know that pizza is all three food groups in one thing. And, that you, and there's lots of things we want. You know, some of you were deeply involved in sports. Um, and maybe you wanted your kid to play football, wanted her to play baseball. You know, maybe you wanted your daughter to, to be a fashion model. I, I don't know why, but maybe you did. Maybe, you know, maybe you wanted her to learn how to cook. Maybe you wanted her to be a doctor. I mean, we have these ideas, I remember sitting in my study. Um, I was still in graduate school at the time our daughter was born, and I would lay her across my knee, much kind of the way Kyle's sitting right now, looking down at Tommy, and, uh, and I would read my commentaries to her. I figured if it put me to sleep, maybe it would help her. <laughs> you know, I mean, we interact very early on. But John, as he writes to this good friend of his, he, he creates three things. That he's acknowledging, committing, and and gay us with. And and as I looked at that over the last several weeks and was we prepared for this morning, I thought, those are three things. Those are three things directly from Scripture that I truly would want us to entrust to a new generation. Yes, I mean there are so many things, and and nothing I've said is necessarily invalid or it's gonna be different for every single person. But there are some things that tend to be across generations and tend to be across genders and tend to be across um, our perspectives on living that come to the surface. And these three things come to the surface. He talks about relationship. I think I want more than anything else for my kids, and I think I want this more than anything else for your kids, for there to be life-supporting relationships. Relationships that make life meaningful and significant. He talks about what I consider life-giving prayer. And that may seem like a funny thing, but I think one of the greatest gifts we can give children is understanding that God wants to listen. And that when God does listen, John's words from his first letter that we studied need to be just indelibly printed on their minds and their hearts. That God not only listens, but when he does listen, he responds, he reacts, he answers those prayers. And those prayers can be life-giving. They can make all the difference in the transformation of a person's meaningful and sustaining life. And then this one became real dear to me as my kids began to grow. And it still is. And I think maybe in this generation, more than any other period of time, in my personal opinion, I would want this third thing entrusted to the children of the next generation. And that is life-defining truth. Truth that doesn't just change lives, but gives life value and meaning. Like Life-defining truth so that in the moments when things are questioning and difficult and hard, there's a bedrock upon which you can stand. That in the moments when things seem so chaotic and out of control and, and, and unnecessarily difficult, there's something that channels and gives direction. You know, in the, in the hardest moments, simple little things help us. Our, our, our bedroom is completely blacked out. I mean, it's like, it's like World War II, lights out, bomb raid, um, because our neighborhood has a lot of light in it and we have a street light right directly across the street from us. And, and um, I I don't like Sunrise only during deer season I mean I mean I just, and even then i 'll be honest i don 't like it uh, you know even this past year, I found myself going, "Hey, you know what? I can see them at eight just as easy as I can at five I mean you know I, and so everything 's blacked out, so it, so it 's completely dark and then it 's quieter that way and and um but there's these issues every once in a while you have to get up in the middle of the night, you just need to stretch your legs um, all the guys are going, yeah, no kidding. I mean, yeah. But you can't navigate the bedroom easily when you've blacked everything out. No moonlight's coming through, no starlight's coming through. And so there are these, there are these little guides there is on one of the dressers a, a little antique clock that my wife found somewhere in a flea market or someplace, or I don't know, maybe it's a family heirloom. Um, but all I know is, is it glows in the exact corner. I need to know that if I go between that and the bench that I can feel with the side of my leg, I, I'm, in good, I'm in good shape. I, you know, don't encourage her to do this. All she would have to do is move one piece of furniture, and I'm toast because I'd make my way through the darkness depending on that one little clock and depending upon feeling the bench next to the side of my leg and with my hands held out just a little bit far in case I get, because every once in a while that happens. You get totally disoriented and you think you're walking one direction and you're walking in another different direction. You know, I think I'm headed to the door and I'm actually headed into a dresser and that doesn't have the best consequences. Life-defining truth In the darkest moments becomes the bench that you feel on the side of your leg. It becomes the little piece of light you see from a glowing antique alarm clock. There are times in life when it is so dark and it is so difficult that the only thing that'll guide you through those moments is having been firmly rooted in truth. So, how does that apply to Mother's Day when John's talking to a buddy of his, probably that he's coached and he's mentored? I believe these attributes get carried over and I actually believe, and I, and I sincerely mean this, I don't say this because this is a holiday, I believe the ones probably most equipped to entrust things that give life support, things that give life life, and things that give life definition probably are received from a mother, best of all. And so I use John's words simply and, and easily to point out these importances. To point out we can entrust these things into the next generation. We can entrust these things into our little babies and into our families and make their lives meaningful. Meaningful. Life-supporting relationships. Look at verse one for just a second. I'll read it to you. The elder, which is how John refers to himself, to my dear friend, Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Now, in this short little letter, in these just slightly over 200 words, he's going to refer to him as dear friend four different times. He's going to refer to him as somebody he loves and somebody who is in the truth seven different times. John obviously believes this is a valid, valued relationship. He loves him. In fact, that phrase, dear friend, can be translated beloved or prized or valued. He loves him. It's a a life-supporting relationship. And relationships are critical to living. And our children need help with Relationships. There are some things I can say now on the other side of parenting that I might have been hesitant to say at that point, And I can say them with a certain amount of authority or at least a certain amount of passion because I've seen it. And not just in the lives of my own children, but I've watched it in your children and I've watched it in children that I love and I care for. Relationships will make or break you. The friends you have in middle school will either balance and buffer your life for the rest of your life or they will destroy it. The friends you have in high school can either make it some of the most meaningful years that you finally look back on or can make it some of the most tragic years that you regret. And it never changes. Walk through the cycle of life. Go to college, go to work. Your friends will make a difference. I, I, I am in ministry for decades now, and I can tell you I enjoy ministry more today than any other time in my entire life. And the only reason I enjoy it more is not because it's easier, because actually it's been difficult, and it is difficult, and times are changing and hard. The only reason I enjoy it more is because I have friendships in our staff, in our church, in our ministry that give me life support. They make it worth getting up on Monday mornings. And whether it's going for a chili dog or whether it's discussing complicated strategies that need to be implemented, they make life worth living. And I love it and I anticipate it. I, I, I look forward to Sunday evenings more than any other day of the week because with all of our busy career schedules and activities, that's the one night of a week I'm relatively certain I will get to see my children. And my children are adults and I can enjoy being with them, I can enjoy talking to them, I can enjoy interacting with them as adults and their relationship with me gives me life support. When you get older... The things you will value the most are your relationships. Help our kids make those decisions and trust life-supporting relationships. Help them understand not every relationship is good. I've said it before. My kids probably cringe when I do it. I made my kids memorize 1 Corinthians 15:33. I think every believer in the world, if you don't memorize any other verse in the Bible, memorize 1 Corinthians 15:33. And I know that's going to be shocking. Some of you are going, "What do you mean? Not John 3:16?" No. John 3:16 will give you life. 1 Corinthians 15:33 will protect your life. Bad company corrupts good character think about it for just a moment even if you're on the young side if you're in our youth group and you're one of our students and and you're thinking about this think about what happens think about how you get convinced to do something and that something ends up being a fail that's not funny and not postable but is life-threatening and it's the influence of a bad friend i don't know how many times how many times i've screamed at the tv Beaver, that cute little boy, so nice in black and white. Every single time, every single time Beaver's doing good and he's enjoying himself and he's making good marks in school and he's getting along with mom and dad. He's getting along with Wally, his older brother. Larry shows up. And Larry says, Beaver, wouldn't it be fun? Those are the most deadly words your children will ever hear. Wouldn't it be fun? Now, most of us scrape through those moments by the grace of God, literally. But the people I talk to, and I know, they don't always do that. Nearly a decade, I was a chaplain in our federal prison system. Those guys would tell you in a heartbeat, it wasn't fun. That decision didn't help. Life-supporting relationships find those dear friends that you can say over and over again in a short letter i love you i value i prize you find those dear friends who are rooted in truth who will help you find those dear friends that you can pray for and they will pray for you because prayer gives life Dear friend, I pray that you are prospering. Literally, it means taking a good journey in every way and you are in good health just as your whole life is going well. John's praying for him to have a full and meaningful life. It gives life. I walked back home Went to a church right after I got saved, and an older lady walked up to me. It turned out, to the best of my knowledge, she was a grandparent of one of the kids I went to high school with, and she said, I was so glad I spoke that Christmas Eve, shared my testimony with that congregation, and she said, I'm so glad you met Jesus. I have prayed for years that you would meet Jesus I tried to let everybody know as soon as I met Jesus, I contacted my old scout troop where I had received my Eagle Scout and I contacted, contacted an old scout master and said, I want you to know I barely made it through God and country and truthfully, I shouldn't have made it through God and country because I had no concept of God at the time I did that. I said, but your influence, your help started opening the door for me to consider a relationship with God and I met Jesus and he's changed my life. And that scoutmaster said, James, for years I prayed, that you would meet Jesus. People I didn't even know, people I didn't even think liked me, were praying that I would meet Jesus. It's not a simple routine to dedicate Nathaniel and Noah this morning and say, we're praying today that they will meet Jesus because I want, Nathaniel's looking straight at me, he's going, wait, that, that weird guy keeps talking about me. From, he knows me, that's why he knows I'm weird. Um, it, it's a huge thing that we pray. Because in the United States today, we are no longer a gospel-saturated culture. Your kid stands less chance of becoming a Christian in the United States today than he does in Central America or Korea. Think about that for a while, folks. The average young person, and particularly young male in the United States today, stands less chance of becoming a believer in Christ in the United States than he does in other countries. Korea and Central America send more missionaries to the United States than the United States sends worldwide every year. Google, look at the statistics. That's why we pray. It's life-giving prayer. Pray for those kids to come to know Christ. Pray for those kids. Pray for it. When you look at our students, pray for them. They need prayer. You think it's going to be hard tomorrow work, but they go back into a battlefield called school tomorrow morning and it's hard and it's difficult and everything's stacked against them. Life-giving prayer. I want my kids to be intercessors. I want them to know they can pray. I want them to know that Jesus listens to them and I want them to know that when Jesus listens to them, it makes a difference. And trust, life-giving prayer and then truth and trust, life defining truth this is what john said about gaius for i was very glad when fellow believers came and testified to your fidelity to the truth christians who had been at gaius's church had come back to john's church and for some reason maybe it was a missionary report maybe maybe it was just simply an update from friends Maybe the church that John's at at this moment has sent resources and funds and and money to Gaius' church and they deserved a report. But John says when they came back, they talked about and the thing that they emphasized was that you were faithful to the truth. And in John's mind, we've already studied this over and over this, this winter. In John's mind, truth means the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's everything Jesus is and everything in his word. And that brought John immense joy to hear other Christians say positive things about Gaius. And I will tell you as a parent, when you age, there is nothing that brings you more joy than hearing other believers, in particular because they understand all the nuances of raising a child in a Christian home say positive things. And you know it because your dad and mom talk about my kids all the time. And it brings me joy. Because I know I'm proud of them. But there's nothing greater than knowing somebody else is proud of them. And that's what John knew. He he explains it even further. He says, how you are walking, which just means the lifestyle, the pattern of behavior and truth, And I have no greater joy than this than to hear that my children are walking in truth. If you're a child here today or listening on live stream, there's nothing that'll make your mother happier than to know you're living life-defining truth according to the word of God. There's a good chance you're here because she told you, the one thing I want today is to spend Mother's Day in my church with my kids. It's because she desires and wants and she's hopefully, and she's, she's prayed that life-defining truth has been entrusted to you. I like the way the Apostle Paul said it. In Colossians 1, verse 10, he said it very similar to John. He said, so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. Walk worthy of the Lord. Be fully pleasing to Him. Bear fruit in a growing knowledge of God. We're not like any other religion. It's not about an adherence to rules, it's not about a standard of rituals. It's about a relationship, it's about knowing God personally. And that's why life defining truth makes not only parents, grandparents, friends, and church members proud, but it makes God proud. Life defining truth a lifestyle that reflects and honors Jesus.